Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Route, Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherokee. Welcome back, my friends. I hope you enjoyed my two-part aging podcast. I'm back to kind of regular programming now, kind of not. This week is another life update week because it's been a minute since I've done one and because this is my podcast and I say so. I guess kind of going along with turning 39 has been my body is falling apart. I usually have this repetitive stress injury in my left hands where if I like squeeze or grab or turn anything, I get shooting pains in my wrist. So I have a night guard, not a night guard, that's for my teeth. I have a, what is it, a wrist guard or a wrist brace. I don't know what it is. I sleep in it. It keeps my wrist stabilized. Well, now I'm starting to have problems in my right hand and it's not quite the same movement that causes it but it's that same fun shooting nerve pain so i've been wearing my wrist guard i've been sending crazy texts to everybody i know because trying to type with one finger and one thumb is not my jam so i've been doing voice text so the combination of typing weird with my fingers and siri not understanding what i'm saying it's really strange to me because i do not have a regional accent fun fact most of the time they cast voiceover actors where they don't want a regional accent. They cast them from the Northwest, which is where I am from, because there's actually no regional accent in the Northwest. So because of that, I'm like, how the hell does Siri not understand what I'm saying? I must be mumbly. Maybe I'm lispy. I have no idea. But most of the time she does not say what I'm saying correctly. And I end up saying things that are offensive and hilarious to my loved ones and friends and sometimes clients. So that's been my life with my hand injury for this last week. Then today, so I'm very excited to share with you guys that I'm getting LASIK eye surgery. Um, July 22nd is the day I'm getting LASIK surgery. So today I had to do my pre-op appointment with my optometrist and it was a 24-hour eye dilation. So... If anybody's ever had their eyes dilated before, it is the weirdest, most uncomfortable thing. First of all, your pupils are huge, so you look like a crazy horror movie villain. And because your pupils are huge, you're very light sensitive. This time I wasn't as light sensitive as last time. The last time I had it done, I could not open my eyeballs. This time the light wasn't so bad, but you can't focus on anything. So if anybody ever wondered why old people hold like their phone or a book really far away from them, it's because your eyes can't focus close in when you start to lose close vision. And that's kind of what dilation forces your eyeballs to do. So if you're curious what it feels like, take your phone or a book or anything you have around you right now and put it in front of your face, like two inches from your eyeballs and try to focus on it. You're, it's, you're going to feel blurry. You're going to feel nauseous and weird and you feel your eyes trying to focus, but they just can't quite get there. That's what it feels like when your eyes are dilated within like five feet of you. So anything that was close to me within a five feet range, I'm talking like the dresser across the room <laughs> I'm looking at things in my bedroom right now as I always do during my podcast but I couldn't focus on anything I was sitting in um James drove me obviously couldn't drive and I was sitting next to him in the truck and I couldn't look at him because I could my eyes couldn't focus on him so luckily they tell you a normal dilation only lasts for a couple of hours but this specific dilation it it can last 24 hours because they're really opening up your pupils so they call it a 24-hour dilation so they told me it could last less it could last that amount of time just kind of don't know i had it done at 8 50 this morning 
It is now 521 and my eyes are finally getting back to normal. I have my computer in front of me and I'm actually able to see what is happening on it. I took like a two hour nap just because I was so bored and I couldn't do anything. I could watch TV because that was far away. But the other thing that's really weird is that my eyes focused better when I wasn't wearing my glasses close up. But then obviously I can't see far away because I'm nearsighted. So when, like watching TV, I had to put my glasses on. And then when I was trying to look at the remote to figure out what buttons to push, I had to take my glasses off to look at the remote. Or I was eating lunch. So to figure out where to eat my lunch, I had to take my glasses off. And then when I would look up at the TV, I had to put them back on. So after three hours of doing that, I decided taking a, a nap was a better option. So just forewarned anybody that is considering getting LASIK, this is part of your pre-op. It was a lot. Luckily, my wrist is feeling better today. So it's kind of like crazy eyes, not so crazy wrist. It's one thing after another. To be fair, the, the eye thing is not an aging thing. It is self-inflicted because I'm getting LASIK eye surgery. And I actually have really good close-up vision, especially for somebody that is almost 40. I do not need bifocals or glasses to see or read close-up. So knock on wood that my eyes stay good for that. Good Lord. I didn't realize I would be blabbering so much about my health. You know how when you're young, you feel like all your grandparents ever do is complain about their health or talk about their health or talk about like their doctor's appointments and stuff. I'm officially my grandparents. It has happened. So before we get into any more chatter this week, it is book club. It's Cherry's book club week. Yay. So this week, I actually had to make a list of books I have already reviewed because I started to realize that I couldn't remember what books I had reviewed and what I hadn't. And I was looking at my bookshelf hoping I didn't double review. So I am not double reviewing this week. This week's book is actually an oldie. It is called Valley of the Dolls. I believe it was written in the 60s by an author called Jacqueline Suzanne. And this book stands the test of time. I actually haven't read it in many, many years, but I remember reading it maybe in my early to mid 20s. And this sucker is juicy, even for it being written in the 60s. They actually made a movie about it as well. And Sharon Tate, poor Sharon Tate, RIP. She played the main character. If you don't know who Sharon Tate is, she was one of the victims of the Manson murders in the 70s. She was pregnant. Very sad story. And um, but she she was a rising star in Valley of the Dolls was one of her biggest roles before her life was cut short. The movie is really good. The book is excellent. It's basically kind of the story of three women that all have their own challenges in life, but they're all on some sort of pills. I think they all are, or maybe just the main character is. Basically, dolls is what they call their pills. So whether it's a barbiturate or a sleeping pill or a upper or whatever, mommy's little helpers, they used to call them. They call them dolls in the book. So that's why it's called Valley of the Dolls. You think it's in reference to the women, but it's actually not. It's in reference to the drugs they take. And it's kind of telling the dark seedy side of prescription medication, which I think for the for the time it was written is very forward thinking. So I highly, highly recommend it. It's written really well. It doesn't feel like an old fashioned book. It is definitely a book that could be written today. So read Valley of the Dolls. All right, friends. So let's chat. I just got home from the a convention in Las Vegas. Let me tell you, it was, we were driving to Vegas when we stopped in Baker to get ice cream. It was 121 degrees. If anybody out there does not believe in climate change, I, also for my friends in the Northwest, 
It is 111 degrees in Portland this week. It has never gotten over 100 degrees for all the years that I lived, 26 years I lived in Portland. It never broke the hundreds. The world is heating up. It's very scary. That aside, I went to Vegas. It was really hot. We stayed with James's mom and grandma, which was lovely. And they made us dinner and filled our bellies. And that was great. I won like 200 bucks at the M Casino in Henderson, Nevada, and had some really good desserts there. But the reason I was in Vegas, well, two reasons. One, I was tattooing, um, tattooing some brows at Sleeping Tiger Tattoo. The second day I was there, I was actually at a convention, a skincare convention, which was really fun and exciting. It was my first one since I've been licensed. I was supposed to go to the one last June, but alas, COVID ruined our lives for a year (laughs) and I wasn't able to get to that convention. But those of you that listen that are my clients, please be excited because I have some new treatments coming. I've got all kinds of new products, some new retail, but this new treatment specifically is nanotechnology and it's basically an infusion treatment. I'm doing a training for it on Tuesday and I'm very excited about this new little piece of equipment that I got. So yeah, if you are in Southern California, if you live here, if you're traveling here and you want a killer facial, not literally killer, I won't kill you. (laughs) I will relax you enough, but not kill you. So yeah, if you are in the area, please come see me. I'm just getting relaxed here. I'm I don't usually lay down when I do my podcast, but today is the day I'm feeling very relaxed after my two-hour nap in my crazy eyeballs. This week has been really stressful. This few months have been really stressful. It's funny because I feel like my happy tank is like full. I'm Vicky Gundolfson, whatever. The broad from Real House of Orange County, Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm being her right now with my, my love tank, my happy tank. If anybody watches that show, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, never mind. Mind your business. But my happy tank, my love tank are so full. I am so content with life. But man, life is like, it went from zero to 60 with all the COVID closures. And then all of a sudden, everything opening, my studio taking off, traveling again, family stuff. It's just been so hectic. And I've been feeling a little bit overwhelmed lately. James and I have been having these like long, deep talks about just trying to balance life with work and just trying to work towards having quality of life versus having material things and um, career success. So that's been kind of a weird thing for me, but I feel like I'm, I don't know, I'm trying my best just as everyone is. I think it's funny when people only see you on the internet or, you know, people that only come into my studio and I get comments and have conversations all the time where people are like, oh, you have it so together and how do you do it all? And I struggle just like anybody else. When people ask me like, oh my God, how do you do it all? I'm like, I'm tired. That's the honest truth. I'm tired so much of the time. And especially it's funny because when I do tattoo clients, I don't really get tired because it's like, I really have to focus and the music is loud and the lights are bright. But if I'm already having a sleepy day and I have a facial client, my room's a little warmer, the lights are all off, the candles are going, the music is mellow, I'm smelling all the aromatherapy of all the products I use, I could almost lull myself to sleep. I do a red light treatment. Usually when I do masks on people, I'll give them like an, you know, a hand massage or decollete massage or whatever, like keeping myself busy while they're masking. But the red light treatment is 20 minutes. And usually during that, I'll kind of, you know, 
put away a few things I need to or wash my bowls. And then I just kind of sit there and I always think like, man, I could just like lean over right now and just take a little nap ski. And my client would never know because they're under this giant red light contraption. Not that I have ever done that, especially if somebody tries to talk to me and they're like, hello. And I'm just like snoozing or start to snore or something that would be terrible. But that being said, I'm just, yeah, I'm tired. And it's not necessarily a bad tired. I I like to be busy. I don't like to be bored. So, you know, it's self-imposed stress, but I'm really just trying to find the balance. So if, if anybody else out there is trying to find the balance, I feel you, I hear you, I see you. We're all in this together. All right. That was kind of heavy. So I think it's time for a break. Let's take a break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, my friends. Welcome back. There's this new thing that, so Anchor, which I, I, I just spoke about, that my podcast is hosted on, is now offering this option to become a supporter of your favorite podcast, which I think is amazing. I'm not doing Patreon anymore because I just don't have the time to do it. It was just way too much. There were too many moving parts. But if you like my podcast and you would like to see it continue to work and you want to become a supporter, you can just pledge a certain amount a month. I think 99 cents is the lowest. And it's basically just a good faith pledge to go towards me continuing to do this podcast. It's kind of an incentive for me. Like I said, life is getting so busy. It's why I'm only doing it every other week now instead of every week. And for a while there, it was every third week. But the more support I have, the more incentive I have to do it and the easier it becomes for me to work it into my schedule. So if you'd like to become a supporter, you can scroll down. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, there should be a direct link at the end of my show notes. There also should be a link if you go to the actual podcast website, which is an option on most of the platforms you're listening to and really appreciate it. If you do become a supporter, um, let me know if you have a mailing address and I would be happy to send you a little postcard thanking you, a little handwritten postcard thanking you. So just send me an email. Also, please review my podcast. I really appreciate when you leave me a review. I haven't had a review in a while. They make my heart so happy. And I love that they let me know how I'm doing week to week. If you guys are liking my topics or if I ask questions in my podcast, I love feedback. You know, you can give it to me on social media as well. I'm at the Cherry Dollface or at Skin by Cherokee on all my socials. But when you leave them on my podcast, it not only helps my podcast, but it helps me get feedback when I'm asking a question or things you do or don't like. So... Yeah. All right. Enough of that business. Let's talk more about life. So summer is upon us. We are really kind of almost in the thick of it now. For some reason, that just reminded me of pudding. And now I want pudding. My mom sent me a picture. She growing up, 
I'm way diverting off of topic, but that's okay because pudding's delicious. And when I was growing up, my mom never made like homemade pudding. She always made the Jello cook and serve pudding. If anybody's ever had it, not the instant pudding that you shake. You actually cook it on the stove. You mix the powder with milk and you stir, 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 and put it in the fridge till it gets cool. It creates a film on the top. It's like a skin, so disgusting and delicious all at the same time. She made chocolate cook and serve pudding today and sent me a picture. And now that's all I can think about. Thanks for nothing, mom. I think I was talking about the thick of it being in the thick of summer, which means bathing suit season, dun, 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 which is, I think, probably none of our favorite seasons. Maybe some of you out there. I don't know. I think it's the rare female that gets excited to buy bathing suits. I am of the majority, I think, that does not like to buy bathing suits. I did find this new bathing suit on Amazon I don't even know how I came upon it. It's someone, one of my Facebook girls groups. It's half leopard and half black and it has all, it's a one piece. It has all these straps that you can tie in like a hundred different ways, but it covers just enough, but it's still kind of sassy and I'm really stoked on it. But man, like I have friends right now that are buying like five, six, seven new swimsuits and I just can't get up the excitement or the enthusiasm to be that excited to buy swimsuits. I think it's more depressing, especially when you buy them online and then you get them all and you try them all on and one by one you realize that none of them are flattering. So I'm not bashing on myself. I have enough self-confidence. I just don't love being in a swimsuit. It's very vulnerable especially bikinis. I don't know if it's age. I was always fine when I was younger, but yeah, I'm, I'm living that one piece life. So find yourself a sexy one piece, call it a day. So in all of my life update podcasts, I always talk about the shows I'm watching because God dang it. Life is boring sometimes and shows are what spice it up. Not that my life is boring, but I don't have a lot of drama in my life. So I have to watch TV shows to, to get that adrenaline rush i think i've talked about married at first sight before i am watching currently married at first sight australia which is a little bit different than the american version in the american version they all get married there's three couples they get married they go about their lives separately none of them ever meet each other and that's it in married at first sight australia there's 12 couples through the whole season i think it's like 36 episodes it's kind of like love island but for getting married And every week, all of the couples have a dinner party together. So they all know each other. They all live in the same apartment building. So there's a little bit more excitement, I think, in that. I get a little bored with uh, the American version now that I've watched the Australia version. But let me tell you, the Australia version just aired the first reunion episode where they all get back together for dinner. And one broad poured a glass of red wine on the other broad's head. So she retaliated and threw a glass of red wine on her white dress. And it was really exciting. So I highly recommend if you like trashy reality TV, Married at First Sight Australia. It's great. I can't wait for the actual second part of the reunion next week. The uh, other shows I'm watching right now, I don't know why they air these at the same time. MasterChef and Top Chef almost always are aired at the same time, which one, I'm like, okay, it's they're just competing for viewers. But two, they make me so dang hungry. If I'm watching a, ow, I'm gesturing with my right hand because I'm a very hand articulate person and it hurts my poor wrist. Man, the things I do for you guys. Anyways... When I watch cooking shows, I always have to have food. So I usually watch them during breakfast or lunch or dinner or during a snack. If I'm not eating something while I'm watching them, I will pause it in the middle of the episode and go get something to eat. So 
I mean, I guess it's probably good that they're on at the same time because it gets all my eating kind of out of the way or my excessive eating out of the way. <laughs> and then the rest of the year, I can just be a normal person when I watch TV. Not to say I don't snack when I'm watching other things, but I just feel like with the chef shows, I have to actually eat a meal. If I see them cooking something delicious, oh, God forbid they bake something that I'm like on a cookie hunt. <sighs> it's really stressful. But I'm actually very exciting. I'm not very exciting. I'm very excited. I can be very exciting. Right now, I feel like I'm probably pretty boring. But I'm very excited because another reason we were in Vegas, which is um, something I can't spill quite yet, there's going to be something that is going to be bringing us to Vegas very frequently for several months. We will probably be spending a lot of time at the Mirage. And in the Mirage, if anybody watches Top Chef, Tom Colicchio, who is the host of Top Chef, or I guess the, I don't, I guess Padma is the host, whatever, Tom Colicchio kind of runs the show. He's one of the best chefs in the world, and his restaurant is in the Mirage. It's a steakhouse. So I'm going to eat at Tom Colicchio's restaurant. I'm really excited. I hope I don't get to meet him because I feel like he's probably an asshole and that will make me very sad. But I will just live my Tom Colicchio fantasies through his steaks in my mouth hole. And they have really good cocktails too. Very excited. Oh, and also speaking of Real Housewives, when I was talking about Vicky Gundolson, 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 I don't know, whatever, Vicky, Vicky G. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, the juice, you guys. If you do not watch the Real Housewives shows and you like juicy shit, that sounded disgusting. If you like juicy tidbits in your life, Real Housewives are where it's at. But right now, if you guys do watch the show and you don't know this is going on, you're living under a rock. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Jane. She's the the hot young blonde. I guess she's not super young. She's 49. She's married to a man who is 80, who is a lawyer, a really big name lawyer. I can't think of his name right now. Tom something. Tom Girardi. That's right. And apparently he is now being investigated for fraud for taking settlement money from victims of things, most notably the Lion Air airplane crash. Really scandalous stuff. All she does is flaunt how much money she has all the time. And now there's been this whole thing that she is maybe connected to it because his law law firm donated money to her business endeavors and not just money, like $20 million as an investment or whatever. It's all very shady. Now she's selling all of her stuff like all of her luxury stuff like thousands of pieces she's trying to offload it and she's been subpoenaed to give the court records of what she owns and she's refusing so she's basically saying like no you can't see what I own and in the meantime I'm gonna sell all of it so that I can get the cash I don't know if she's guilty, if he's guilty. If you guys want to see more about this whole story, it's a very interesting. If you like crime documentaries, this is a really good one, even if you don't know who these people are. It's called The Housewife and the... Oh, shoot. I can't remember what it's called. It's on Hulu. It's The Housewife and the something. It's on all the main screens right now because it's really popular. Just Google it. You can find it very juicy it's like an hour an hour and a half of this whole story i don't know which side i fall on i don't really feel like it's my business to make judgments on anyone but i still love to watch it unfold and lastly speaking of bad reality shows so apparently there's this new show coming to netflix called sexy beasts you guys 
please, as you're listening to this, Google this show so you can see the pictures of it. So you get the visual of what I'm talking about. It's a dating show. And it's one of those dating shows where they're like, what's on the inside counts more than the surface, blah, blah, blah. So they actually do like special effects, like almost like horror style creature makeup on each contestant. So they have these weird like fish heads and alien faces and like weird colored contacts and bright colors and they're like straight up going on legit real dates with this wacky ass sexy beast special effect makeup on i don't want to watch it but i think i might have to just because it calls to me i don't know i i feel like it's so bad it's like the worst of the worst of our culture but it's smart marketing because I really want to see what it's all about. It's kind of like dating naked in the UK. Another great premise. Basically, they choose who they want to date based on their naked bodies and they don't get to see their faces. (laughs) What has become of us? What has become of this human race? I don't know. All right, that's enough of that. Now I'm going to answer some of your random questions. If you guys want to submit random questions for future life update tutorials, tutorials, oh my God, I haven't done a tutorial in so long. I'm drunk, not really. Um, I'm blaming it on my dilated eyes. If you guys want to submit questions for future life update podcasts, just follow my socials. I'm always putting submissions up there. You can submit so the first question is from at firestarter84. Oh, everybody that submitted is in my show notes below as well. Spelled correctly, I hope. How to know if it's my ego in the way or if I need to leave my job. This is a hard one because, man, pride gets in the way, especially depending on your job and your rank at your job. If you are a low rank little peon in a customer service job, you have to swallow that pride. You have to know it probably is your ego and that is the job. If you want to work up into a higher position, you gotta just take it. It's gonna be dished and you gotta take it and there's nothing you can do and just know hopefully that you're working up into a position where it's gonna get better. If you feel like you're being actually like abused in your workplace, whether it's by customers or by coworkers or bosses or whatever, that's another thing. And that's where I think you need to know if it's ego versus you just have a shitty job. And I also think it depends on the growth potential. Like if you feel like, oh, I just got to put up with this just to get to that next step, then yeah, it might be worth it. If you're like, oh, I got to put up with this for 20 years because this position's never going to change, might not be the best for your mental health. I was talking about it earlier, you know, quality of life versus having stuff and money and, and that kind of thing. You have to know or you have to sort of figure out what is worth it more, your job and the money and the stability that comes with it or your mental health. So I can't really answer that for you, but hopefully that helped a little bit. At ESC12 said tips on getting through divorce slash separation. I'm actually going to do a whole podcast on divorce. I haven't done it yet. It's coming. I have a huge list of podcast topics and I can't do all my juicy ones first. So just so you know, it is coming. I'm actually looking at my list of topics right now and it's like sticking out to me because I have some questions under it already. 
But I think my basic advice on how to get through a divorce and separation is just to know that the pain doesn't last forever. It's going to feel really, really, really shitty for an indeterminate amount of time. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a year. It could be many years. And then one day you're going to wake up and you're going to breathe and you're going to go, oh, it's okay. And then you're going to move on and life is going to be fine. You just have to hold out for that day, but know the day is going to come. The pain of divorce does not last forever. It just doesn't. At Shelley Heather in 1935 said, what have you kept from previous relationships or did you just get rid of it all? This is an interesting one. So I think I talked about this in a, a previous podcast about stuff, like keeping stuff from your exes. I'm pretty sure that I did. And I had, actually my first husband was very, mm, I don't want to say anything defamatory, but he didn't like the thought that I had a box of stuff from ex-boyfriends and it was stuff from high school. It was just like uh, one of my boyfriends was an artist, so he had drawn and painted things and it wasn't a lot of stuff. It was mostly just drawings and paintings. I used to keep it between my box springs and my mattress in my bed. Um, he made me get rid of it all. He made me throw it all away. At the time, it was kind of traumatic. Looking back, I mean, it would be cool to have it just now that I'm back in contact with that boyfriend from high school or ex-boyfriend from high school. It would be cool to have it just to show him because I think he would be stoked on it. But it, it didn't really change anything in my life. It didn't change the memories that I had. So, yeah, at the time it was traumatic, but whatever. Who cares now? After that, I never really held on to anything. I think maybe, you know, I have things that were maybe given as gifts. I don't even think that. Most of the gifts that I've gotten from exes have been, like, concert tickets and stuff like that. That's not. I'm, like, looking around my room right now trying to think. I don't think I've ever... You know, there might be some pieces of clothing or a piece of jewelry or something that was given as a gift that I might still have. But as far as, like, tokens of past relationships, I don't have anything. I don't really see a point. That's just my opinion. At Isal Diaz said, what's a good habit you've developed that's made a big difference in your life? Oh man, I feel like I have more bad habits than good habits. Honestly, probably being more smart with my money being more smart that I don't feel like that's grammatically correct. Being smarter with my money, <laughs> being more intelligent with my being, I don't know, more responsible with my money. I didn't, I wasn't raised in a household where I was really taught about the value of finances and financial stability. I wasn't really taught how to manage my money or how to save or how to invest or any of that. Luckily, I never went the route of credit cards. I never got myself into debt. I have excellent credit. So I'm really lucky in that way. But after my first marriage, I was completely financially dependent on somebody else. And that really scared me. So after that, I got really smart. I got a financial advisor at some point when my business started doing well. And I started, especially working for myself, I started investing in my future and retirement and IRA and, you know, investing a little bit in the stock market and just, you know, little things here or there. I, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have like crazy investments. I don't own like an investment home or anything like that, but I just got smarter with my money and make my money work a little bit harder for me. And I think that that is probably the best habit that I've developed is really keeping on top of my finances and not getting myself into debt and not overusing credit cards and not taking out loans that I don't need and paying things off quickly and not paying interest. I use my credit cards for the points. I don't ever have a balance. I think my main credit card I use the balance or the limit is like 
$30,000. And I think my balance on it right now is like 200 and I have 200,000 points to spend on trips around the world. So, um, yeah, I think the best habit you can get into is being financially responsible. At Araka Beauty said, what is your driving force in life? You know, this is an interesting one because I don't have kids. And I think a lot of people my age, their driving force is like to be a good parent, to be a good example and to take care of their kids. Kids are such a driving force for most humans. I don't have that. I think when you don't have kids, you have more... I don't want to say pressure because it's not a bad thing, but I think the focus is more on what makes you as a human being happy and what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning. And for me, that's just feeling content. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily one thing that gives me that feeling, but feeling, you know, financially stable, feeling like I'm in a stable relationship, feeling that I have close uh, friendships and relationships that I'm working on those friendships that I am surrounded by things that I like, that I like to look at, that I like to eat, that I'm traveling, all of those things add to my contentment. So I think my driving force in life is all of those things pushing towards me, just feeling that feeling of content inside. When I feel turmoil inside, it's like something's out of balance. It's like, you know, if you have a deficiency of something in your body, like if you have a B12 deficiency, you're going to feel tired and then you're not going to feel content. So I think that's the thing is making sure that all of those things are balanced always so that I don't feel a deficiency in any one direction and it creates pure contentment. Shonda L. Combs said, besides LA, where would you like slash want to live? If I could live anywhere in the world, I would live in London, but I would turn their weather off. <laughs> Summers in London are amazing. Spring, sometimes fall in London is amazing. Winters are horrible. Growing up in the Northwest, I know all about rain and gloom all the time. And I don't know if I could necessarily ever go back to that, but I love London. I also don't know if I could afford to live in London. But that's probably, you know, I have a lot of cities that I absolutely love. Like I love Brussels. I love Edinburgh. I love Rome. I, there's so many cities I love, but I wouldn't live there. I would actually love to live in London. James and I have talked about this a lot, like, because, I, you know, I feel like sometimes as people grow up, there's this push to leave LA. Like LA is like a young person city. But for us, because we don't have kids and we live uh, more of a unique lifestyle in our careers and our hobbies, LA is the place for us. We love LA, especially, you know, when you travel, when we used to travel for work, it's like, you're always happy to come home to LA, the sunshine, the palm trees, the beach, the mountains. It's a great place to live, but we have kind of hypothesized, like if we ever did live somewhere else, where would we go? And I think London is like the only place in the world I would want to live besides LA. I don't think there's anywhere else in the United States that I would live either. For me, a lot of it is weather. It's really hard when you're spoiled with a place that has 70 to 80 degrees almost year round. It's moderate climate. It's very easy to live here. Speaking of Top Chef, I was just watching the, the last episode of Top Chef that's on and they're in Oregon and they're at the coast. And of course, it's rainy and gloomy and drizzly and everybody has horrible, awful, frizzy hair. Even Padma, who is like the most polished, beautiful supermodel of a host, her hair looks like absolute shit. And I just wanted to screenshot it and be like, to all my LA friends that want to move to Portland, this will be your life. Just so you know, being glamorous in a rainy climate is near impossible. All right. At P Army S said, as a creative person, what inspires you? Man, you guys are hitting with the deep questions this week. 
as a creative person, what inspires me? I think what inspires me creatively is other creative people. Honestly, I like to follow people in my field. So whether it's aesthetics, vintage hair and makeup, permanent makeup, um, all the things that I do that have some sort of creative edge to it. I like to follow other people in my industry to see what other people are doing, but the people that are doing the more wild, new, interesting things are what inspire me because it gets my gears going to come up with new, wild, creative things for me personally. So I don't think it's any one thing or one person. It's just, honestly, Instagram is such a great inspiration for me as a creative person. I don't follow much on Instagram besides people doing creative things. Yeah, there's the random exception, like my sister, she's creatively making lots of babies. But besides that, I I follow just lots of creative people and companies and things that it's just beautiful things to look at. And then it also inspires me to get creative in my own social media. So I think, yeah, just following other creatives. That's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening and subscribing if you are on a platform in which you can subscribe. If you're on Spotify, I believe that you can subscribe and make sure to follow my socials so you can contribute to future podcasts. I love contributions. And also, if you want to give me feedback on any of my socials, I read all of my messages, all of my comments. If you leave a message on a post that's like a year old, I might not see that, but um, or a comment, I mean, but... I read all of my messages at the very least. But that's it for this week. And don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye, friends. <laughs>